who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Sidewalk Audio presents Shadow Magic. A podcast novel by John Lenahan. Read by the author. Chapter 24. Mother Oak. Dad mentioned Mother Oak once when I was a boy. He caught me carving my name in a tree and was furious. He took my knife from me and said, If you had done that to Mother Oak, you would be dead now. I would have killed you myself. It sounded like he meant it, too. He was so mad, I didn't have the nerve to ask him what he was talking about. Now I know. We walked upstream for about ten minutes. The way my father said, Mother Oak... I was expecting something magnificent. When he stopped at an unremarkable tree and beamed, Here she is. I was a bit disappointed. Mother Oak was pretty much a normal-looking tree. I'm sure I've seen bigger oaks in parks at home. The difference came when you touched her. Dad went first. He wrapped his arms around her trunk like some hippie tree-hugger. I swear, the tree hugged him back. A huge... Canopy of leaves covered him over to the point where I couldn't see him anymore. When the leaves retreated, he had a goofy look on his face, like a kid who just got offered an ice cream cone. Say hello to Mother Oak, he said. I placed my hand on the gnarled bark, and it hit me like a wave. A feeling of goodness and love swept over me and into me and through me, the likes of which I had never known. I'm sure I was wearing the same stupid grin that I saw on my dad's face a moment ago. Oh, my, 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 came a voice in my head that was as gentle as it was obviously wise. I felt as if I had instantly found the grandmother I had never known. I hugged her in earnest as she swept her leafy arms over me. Tears involuntarily poured from my eyes. There, there, she said, soothingly. Oh, my, you have had a difficult time lately, haven't you, my child? I had, I realized. In the last week, my life had been turned completely upside down, and I had dealt with it by being brave. But now, in the face of such compassion, 
All of the fears and the weariness that I had been hiding in every bone came to the surface. My knees buckled and I wept openly. I was in such a state that I didn't realize what was happening. She caught me and carried me up in her branches and held me like a child that won't go to sleep. I finally got a grip on myself and noticed I was about ten feet off the ground and let loose a little shriek. Mother Oak laughed. Don't worry. I have you. I won't let you fall. Now, let me get a good look at you. Climb up a little higher. I hadn't climbed a tree in years and realized how much I wanted to. Mother Oak placed branches in my path for me to grab and boosted my footholds. Oh, my dear, I think that's far enough. A tangle of branches congealed behind me, and I sat in them. I felt like a newborn baby being admired at arm's length. Oh, yes. You're definitely of oice and seed. There is so much oak in you, but also something else. Let me guess. Hazel, am I right? Yes, ma'am, I said out loud. I still hadn't gotten used to talking to trees without speaking. She seemed tickled that I called her ma'am. I felt her smile. Oak and hazel, she mused. Strength and suppleness. Brawn and brain. What a good combination. No wonder Oisin is so proud. I had a question on my mind since I first touched her, and I finally found my voice. Are you the first tree? Oh, my, what a question. I can't remember that far back. I'm an old woman, you know. I have been here a long time. I imagine all of your fathers and most of your mothers have climbed in my branches. I, I know I've watched over the children of Dor since the beginning, but... But am I the oldest? Who can tell? She chuckled to herself. I feel like the oldest sometimes. Picking up a big strapping boy like you is harder than it used to be. I'm sorry. Don't be. It is a pleasure to meet you, young Connor. I don't like to say it, but not all in your family have such a good heart. It pleases me down to my roots to meet a child of oak as fine as you. I stood up and hugged her. I couldn't help myself. Will you come and visit me again? If I can, I said, thinking about the dangers that lie ahead. Oh, my poor dear, your trials are not over, are they? No. Do not you worry, she said. Remember, you are oak and hazel. You will know when to be strong and when to bend. Then she hugged me, a hug of wood and leaves that was softer than any I had ever had from flesh and blood. Will you be all right climbing down by yourself? I've had enough bending for a day. I'm an old woman, you know. Dad was asleep when I reached the ground. When I woke him, he looked at me and said, Well? I couldn't even begin to put my feelings into words, so I just said, That's a heck of a tree. Dad, 
roared with laughter at that. That she is, son. That she is. On the way back to the camp, several of our horses galloped past us. Where are they going? Deirdre is sending them home, Dad said. We don't need them anymore. Back at the camp, Mom was whispering in Cloud's ear. She finished and Cloud galloped off. You can talk to horses? I said, amazed. She started to answer and then remembered she had a small gold disc on her tongue. She took it out and said, One of my tutors was a puka. Then that little shadow of sadness passed in front of her face for a second. The same look she always gets when she's remembering her youth in the Hall of Knowledge. You know, Mom, I said, and then paused. I didn't know how to continue. I wanted to tell her how glad I was to have found her and how wonderful and how brave and beautiful I thought she was. I wanted to tell her I loved her. I said, I just, I know, son, she interrupted. Me too. And then she held me. She was right. We didn't have to speak. Dahi whipped up a roast rabbit dinner. He only cooked about five of them, but they were so big that they fed us all. We ate pretty much in silence. After dinner, Dad announced that he and Dahi would finalize the plans tonight. He told us to get some sleep, and he would fill us in at breakfast. At the mention of sleep, I instantly realized just how tired I was. Two days of riding and the outpouring of emotion with Mother Oak had drained me so much, I hardly had the strength to unfurl my blanket. At about the same time I put my head down, Fergal came over. He sat next to me cross-legged. He looked like he wanted to talk, but he didn't say anything. "'How you doing?' I said, hoping it wouldn't hit me. He gave me a weak smile. "'Connor, I want to tell you something.' I let loose a big sigh and said, Fergal, I don't think I can take another emotional scene today. I already had one with my mother and my father, and even one with a tree. Look, cousin, I'm glad I met you and I love you too, but we are not going to die tomorrow. So why don't you get some sleep? Yeah, I, I guess you're right, Connor. Good night, he said and left. As soon as my head hit the ground, I remembered what I had said to him earlier about always being there if he wanted to talk. Damn, I can be a jerk sometimes. There was no way I could get to sleep now, so I dragged myself off the ground and went looking for him. I couldn't find him. He told someone in the camp that he was going for a walk. There was no way I was going to find him in the dark, so I went back to my blanket. When I got there, Essa was lying on it. I think you'll find that that's my blanket. I know, she said. Lie with me. Essa, I said in a whisper, your father is just over there. Oh, shut up and lie down, Connor. I just need someone to hold. I lay down next to her, and she placed her head on my chest. We didn't speak. Her hair tickled my nose, but I didn't mind. It was what she needed, and to tell the truth, 
It was what I needed, too. Just before I fell asleep, I had a scary thought. I imagined Sally standing over us with her arms crossed, saying, And just what is going on here? That night, I had another vivid dream. But this one was not about the land. It was about the real world. I saw buses and hamburger joints and sweet shops, TV sets, traffic lights, shopping malls, and Sally was everywhere. I didn't see these things in a bad light. I missed them. This was my home, or at least it used to be my home. Is the land my home now? I asked myself. Do I fit in here? Do I fit in there? The real world was all I had known, and I loved it. Had I lost it? I didn't want to. Essa wasn't there when Jared woke me up, thank the gods. I didn't want to have to explain that. It was well before dawn. He handed me a cup of tea that made every cell in my body stand at attention. Come and get something to eat. Oisin wants to talk to us. There was a big cauldron of porridge on the fire. It was stodgy, but it did the trick. I was glad to see Fergal there. It looked okay. Dad stood up and put on his leadership face. The leprechauns have left already. They are going to try and sabotage the Golden Circle from the outside. The map shows us that there are interconnecting gold lines buried in the courtyard. Essa, Araf, and Fergal, it is your job to sever them where they meet by the central well. Deirdre and Neve, you go to the Chamber of Runes and prepare for my choosing. Connor, you are with me. We have to find my hand. Where is it? Kaolti has taken Finn's bedroom. It must be in there. Are there any questions? Ah, uh, yeah, I said. How are we going to get in the castle? You are going to be delivered personally, said Jared, by the finest winemaker in the land. You have been listening to Shadow Magic, a podcast novel by John Lenahan. Music gratefully provided by Lunasa. To hear more of their fabulous music, please visit their website, www.lunasa.ie. That's www.lunasa.ie. For more information about Shadow Magic or its author, please visit www.shadowmagic.co.uk. Thank you very much for listening.